An interesting story that came to light this week. We often talk about diversification of Alberta's economy. I mean, we've been talking about it as long as I've been in the media in Alberta. And uh, it's a story that, um, you know, who knows where it's going to go next. We also talk about energy and all these sorts of things and our resources. Here's one, an announcement that there's going to be a massive foray into the helium industry in the province of Alberta. And I'm not joking when I say massive. We're talking about, like... 20,000 plus acres of land are going to be part of this. So um, it's called the Many Berries Helium Trend, uh, and it's big. So let's get the details on this. Uh, we're going to chat now with Brad Nickel, who is the chairman of Global Helium. Brad, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Yeah, no problem. Happy so, to be here. So let's get some details on this project. It's big. We know that. But uh, where is it? Just give us some of the, the physical specs here. Yeah, Many Berries is just uh, it's the name of the area down in southeastern Alberta, kind of around the Medicine Hat uh, area, I guess, or just south of Medicine Hat. And it's huge, right? I mean, 20,000-plus acres? Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a big swath of land, and and uh, we hope to find what's underneath that land. So if you just measured it from surface, it's uh, 32 sections or just over 20,000 acres. Now, like you say, this is sort of, in a way, exploratory, right? I mean, that that's the start of this project is just try and find out exactly what's there. Yeah, we do have the benefit of having thousands of wells drilled, uh, oil and gas wells drilled in southern Alberta over the years, but not many of them have been been drilled to the depth that we want to go to uh, to find the helium. So we do have some data points, and obviously we have one key data point that was the kind of the basis of our thesis that there is helium in this area. Um, that one data point is a well that exists and it's produced helium. Uh, it's got a good concentration. And so that's why we did some work to try and extrapolate from that well to see what might be around it. And that led us to to this acquisition of, of this acreage. So, so like we say, you're sort of, you're exploring to find out exactly what's there, but you have a pretty good indication that there is at least some supply there, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's what that key well yeah. does for us, is it tells us there's something there. Um, is, you know, when we talk about, uh, of course, Alberta is known as an oil and gas powerhouse and, and all the rest. Is helium typically located in areas that have oil and gas resources as well? Does that make sense? No, helium, uh, sorry, helium is typically located in areas that have might have uranium. Um, helium is, a, in a sense, a byproduct, or it's the it's the product of radioactive decay of uranium and thorium. Um, and those are elements that are essentially built or, or formed deep, deep down in the, in the Earth's crust. And so, the as the helium is produced from the radioactive decay, it migrates upwards. And it's trapped in areas just like oil and gas would be trapped. So it seems to be similar, but the actual source of helium is different than the source of oil and gas, although they do sometimes end up trapped in the same areas. Okay, gotcha. Makes sense. Now, if this supply pans out and it's as big as we're all hoping it is, um, then uh, there's production facilities, processing facilities. Like, this is just the start, right? Where could it go? Yeah, this this is, well, the, the helium in the industry in Alberta is certainly young and, uh, well, especially compared to oil and gas, which we're all used to. But helium, even globally, specifically exploring for helium has 
is it's really, really new. Uh, yeah. A lot of the helium that has been produced over the last few decades, most of it was discovered by accident, actually by oil and gas explorers. Um, helium is typically found in low percentages. In this case, the, the one key well that we're looking at is only 1.2% is helium. The rest of it, the vast majority of it, of it is nitrogen, which is what we breathe almost, well, uh, almost all of what we breathe every day. And so the... You know what we're pursuing is is a small percentage. Um, we hope to extract that using, I would say, relatively common methods that that are used actually in the oil and gas industry for extracting different gases and and uh, and uh, separating them all. So so yeah, that's uh, that's where we hope to go. And and as we expand the drilling program and discover more and more of the helium in this area, we'll have a better idea of exactly how much is down there and and then we'll start producing we actually hope to to start producing this year when we talk about helium and i've heard of helium shortages before what is the, what is the market situation for helium right now do we have a shortage what's the demand like yeah this so we we actually started investigating helium about seven years ago as okay. a as a team of people um and it it was a a supply-driven story. It was always about the fact that the U.S. had, for many years, been the, uh, I'd call them the swing producer. They had a, a really, really big storage of helium. They'd been storing it for decades. And then they decided it was, was no longer that important, and so they decided to empty the storage, and they were no longer going to fill it. So that storage facility essentially emptied a couple of years ago. And so the U.S. is now an importer of helium as opposed to being the global supplier of helium. But while they were, when, when they made the decision to shut down that storage facility and sell off the helium that was left in it, like any government, I guess they didn't have a good feel for what the market price might be, and they sold it at a, at a much, much lower price than what the market price would actually have supported. Hmm. And so... What that did is it disincentivized any exploration. Nobody was going to invest the capital and take the risks to try and find helium if they weren't going to get much of a price for it because they knew they had to compete with the government selling off the storage facilities. So um, there has been no real exploration for helium um, up until about three, four, five years ago. It's so so that's what makes it so young and so new and so underexplored. So it's it's pretty exciting. We're actually almost on the cusp of a, of a creation of an entire industry here. Um, and it's all going to be helium-focused. Amazing. Awesome. What, what's helium used for? I mean, we know about balloons, but obviously there's more than that to it. Yeah. Um, so apart from the supply story, the, the demand story has changed uh, re very recently, and that's mostly driven by microprocessors and, and uh, chips. Um, we, we all read about those in the, in the news these days. But that's driven the, the majority of supply. So, so today I would say that the, the or sorry, the, the majority of demand, most of the demand today is either MRI machines. So helium is used to cool these superconductive magnets that, that take images of our knees and shoulders and, and, uh, you know, in the hospitals. That requires about 30% of the helium that is produced goes into the, call it the medical industry or primarily MRI machines. The other 30% or so, or, or so is in uh, semiconductor manufacturing, uh, microchips, and all that kind of stuff. They use it to um, to uh, it, it creates a very clean environment because helium is a very very tiny element. Um, 
and uh, they use it for cooling as well. Uh, some of the big hard drive facilities, Google, for example, is a big purchaser of helium. So that that's where a lot of the growth in the industry has been. But like I say, this isn't so much about a, a high growth story. It's more about a low supply story. And it's predicted that it's going to remain undersupplied for a very long time. Um, what's the timeline here? Uh, we start with the test wells and a bunch of people on the text line want to know just how deep you're planning to drill here. Uh, most of the, the helium in either southern Alberta or, or, or southern um, Saskatchewan, or, or there's a little bit in northern Montana, most of those wells, I would say, range from you might find some helium as shallow as uh, 15, 1600 meters, but the majority of the, the helium is trapped below 2000 meters and, and wow. maybe even up to 2500 meters deep. Holy cow. Okay. And, uh, and like I said, uh, the plan is to get started this summer, correct? Yeah, we're we've already um, made our, our applications for drilling licenses, so we're going to start drilling as soon as we can get those. Uh, we expect that will be sometime in Q2, um, and then yeah, we'll be going like gangbusters. Awesome, Brad. Thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us. I appreciate all the insights, sir. No problem. Thank you. That is Brad Nickel. He is the chairman with Global Helium. I probably should have introed that entire segment <laughs> in a helium voice it, it was a missed opportunity um and uh exciting times i mean we'll see where it goes uh this listener um and this is what it's all about right this listener says my ranch borders the ranch where most if not all of this exploration is taking place i won't say the name for obvious reasons however it may be a significant economic driver for the area and for that ranch specifically so um that's what we're talking about, the diversification of the economy and um, other resources that we may be able to tap into. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. <laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.